It is incredible to see how young girls can be movers and shakers for God in today's culture. It can be easy to discredit the faith of a child as immature or simplistic, but we as Christian parents are called to embolden the faith of our children. Amy Debrick is a wife, mom of four, cancer survivor, and a co-author of Embolden. She is the founder of the Life on Purpose movement and host of the Life on Purpose podcast, where she encourages women to live on purpose instead of fear. Amy loves entertaining with family and friends, a self-proclaimed beast junkie, health nut, and chocolate lover. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Amy. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Sharon, for having me. I'm excited for this conversation today. I love that you are a self-proclaimed beach junkie because that was how I was before I had a daughter. And then I'm like, okay, you're putting SPF on. <laughs> yes. I, there's something about the ocean or I feel like, you know, I used to say that all the time. Like there, we went every, every year, our whole family together uh, at, to the beach. And, and I don't know if it's the beach or if it's just that environment or water, but it, there is something serene about that. And mm-hmm. so, yes, the suits have changed over the years with four children and <laughs> how that all is how that all played out, but (laughs) it's still the atmosphere, I think is just something that I am definitely drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, same here. I mean, my daughter loves the beach too. I would ask her, do you prefer the snow at a beach? It's like the beach. I'm like, that's my girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) So you have a very interesting story. Can you tell me a little bit about your story? Sure. So my story really kind of, you know, I grew up with a fairly large family and got married. And, uh, but right before I got married, my brother had passed away. Mm -hmm. um, Well, I say unexpectedly, he was diagnosed unexpectedly the year prior with a brain tumor. And so I got married and we started a family right away and his health declined during that time while I was pregnant. And then that spring, late spring, I had had my firstborn child, um, my son, Alex. And then, you know, as time went on, like I said, my brother's health had declined and come August, he had passed away. And then 16 days later, my son unexpectedly passed away. Oh wow! And so what happened at that time for me personally was it just fueled years of hidden or private, I normally say of anxiety. Mm. And so I think it was really during that time, I didn't really have a great, I, I guess I thought my foundation of faith was much stronger until that happened. And that's not to say I didn't have faith. And, you know, I mean, it was two significant tragedies in a mm-hmm. very small, short time. But I, when I look back now, I realized that that foundation, I think, was rocky to begin with. And so what happened was then still lived my life, even though the anxiety never went away. But if you saw me and you met me, you wouldn't know it because I was pretty much the master of saving face. It was Mm -hmm. something that I was a little bit ashamed of. I I was trying to figure it out basically on my own, even though I, I would pray and stuff, but I felt like I really had the ultimate control over it. And I I couldn't really get a handle on it, but I went on to have four more children, uh, healthy children and kept going. And then it really, it wasn't until uh, right before my 40th birthday, I received a cancer diagnosis and I had, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And um, that was 10 years ago. Actually, I had my 10 year visit this summer and 
it was in that moment that I felt like God sends us all kinds of signs and signals along the way. I think it's a matter of being able to receive them and and wanting to receive them. And up until that point, because I had been such a control freak and really wanted to beat this anxiety and fear, you know, I had a fear of everything at that point, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, fear of my, not only my health, but my children and just really things that were not, they were beyond the normal fears. And so when I received that cancer diagnosis, I say that that was really a turning point in my life because I finally just surrendered all of that fear to him. Because at that point Mm -hmm. I, I realized like, okay, I, I can't control this. I can't control the outcome. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to, to do that and figure it out. And so it was really at that moment that I recognize that he's the one I need first. Mm -hmm. And that really just pivoted for me, or I pivoted in my faith and my life and just began just living with confidence and instead of fear and just on his his purpose instead of my own. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of really what led me here and my journey of writing and podcasting and all of that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, fear really sucks the energy out of a person. Terribly. Yeah. And today, you know, we're talking about how to embolden our daughters. Now, you're the co-author of Embolden. So I want to hear from you. Like, how can we raise a gutsy daughter? Mm-hmm. And what I would, love what, that term, what, gutsy. Yeah. How would we define gutsy? <laughs> well, I think today, and I mean, you probably see this all the time, Sharon, but today you t- for me, I feel like raising a gutsy daughter is having them stay convicted in their mm-hmm. faith. There's so many distractions and there's so many hidden idols that they're drawn to that I think the gutsiest thing we can do is just keep them convicted mm-hmm. and in and, and God's truth. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say keep them convicted, what do you mean by that? Can you give me an example? Well, I really think it really kind of boils down to knowing the word of God. And if you don't know it, it's easy to get confused. It's easy to get sidelined. I think right now we see a lot in culture of laying down our convictions for empathy. It's a practice that we really need to help our kids with is that you can be empathetic to somebody's situation, but it doesn't necessarily need to change your conviction to Mm -hmm. what God has said is true. And I think this generation has a hard time with that because Mm -hmm. they are caring and they are empathetic. They do want to love people, all people, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it feels like that's a gray area. Well, how can I do that if then I might be perceived as someone who's, you know, a hater in some way, shape or form or unempathetic or all of that. So I think when I say that, I think it's really important for us to teach them that you can do both. You can have an empathetic heart and you can be a listening ear, but you can also stand firm in what you've been raised or learned to be God's words that are true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Now, how can we help them? How can we help embolden our daughters to be able to speak the truth, to be able to stand up for themselves? I think really not only teaching them the importance of knowing scripture and getting in a regular habit of reading God's word, but also the community aspect, living it out. What does that look like? You know, encouraging them to take brave steps for themselves. And also I think when you're 
I think if I had even done that as a young adult, as a young girl, I wouldn't have been so focused on being so fearful also. I think my story is an example of how unexpected situations can trip you up Mm -hmm. had you not had some tools ready for when things come up, because as you know, I mean, things happen in life that we don't plan on and Mm -hmm. what greater way to equip our daughters is to really show them. Okay. And honestly, brave steps in really emboldening them could be simple things like encouraging them to join a small group or Mm -hmm. get out, like I said, in the community and be the hands and feet, Um, see where you can get involved, see what, where you can help somebody or also, and I think this is really important. And I adult daughter right now is finding this herself is really connecting with a mentor. And that can be just somebody that it could be just one step ahead of you at that age. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be like, oh, this a real it has to be a significant stage more developed than you're at, but just a little bit ahead of you, you know, somebody that mm-hmm. you can gravitate toward. It's almost like when you're talking about sports and, and you see when there's like a race and the coach is always saying, you know, follow that person that's right ahead of you. Like that kind of mindset, like seek out those people, see where they are and and see how you can follow along and get to where they're going. You know what I mean? And, and connect with those people, I think is, is a, a great way also is to really try to gather as um, one or two like-minded women. So then you can really form a community with everybody, but still stand true into who you are and being confident going forward. Now, obviously like joining small groups would help and things like that. Now, what if there's a young mom that's raising a a young daughter, how would you start them even from young? I mean, obviously, you know, for as for us as parents, we begin modeling uh, to be bold and just uh, modeling a Christ-like behavior from when they're born. Uh, And so like, you know, what are some examples that you can share for us who have young kids? Well, I think you're right. I mean, it starts young. And one of the things that I did, and and this sounds really basic, but getting them involved, even in their church, my daughter, who was, gosh, I mean, she's a baby junkie anyway, Sharon, but Mm -hmm. she really enjoyed at a very young age when she was probably still in maybe fourth grade. Um, helping out in the nursery, just being a volunteer. We've always done a lot with Operation Christmas Child, things that are definitely relevant to their age group, but still showing that involvement and being proud to to display that in her community. You know, we used to, I always helped her, them bring that to school. So we would carry over, you know, those shoe boxes. We would we would bring them into the school, and it was something I feel like that she could be proud of. It was, and it was definitely fitting for her level. You know, you're, you're getting things for boys and girls that are your age, your, but it definitely just brings that aspect of, okay, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm doing something positive. I'm doing something to embolden, you know, another small girl, my age. And so I do think it is important to, to really get them involved in age related community or activity or whatever, and support that as their mom, be the example, but also do it alongside of them. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Be able to do it alongside of them. And just even in our speech, just to be bold. I remember uh, just a few weeks ago, my daughter's teacher asked us, oh, 
people asked her, what are you going to dress up for Halloween? And at home, we told her that we do not celebrate Halloween. And, and we basically explained to her the reason why. Right. And uh, when the teacher asked, what are you going to be dressed as Halloween? She looks at me and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically just told the teacher, oh, we do not celebrate Halloween. And and so because she was looking at me to see what I would answer. Right. <laughs> and right. so we're the first people who are setting up examples for them in order for them to be emboldened. Sure. And I mean, following up to questions, what are some simple practical steps would you suggest for moms to encourage their daughters? You know, there are certain families, sometimes mom and daughters have may have a bad relationship and they may not even have a good communication. But there are those relationships that, you know, mothers and daughters are just like best friends. What are some practical steps that you would suggest for moms to encourage their daughters? Well, I think the um, I love how you said that. Honestly, I just want to revisit that briefly. You were talking about being in the classroom and how your daughter looked at you. And that is so true. And that is and that is so important because, like you said, she's waiting and watching to see how you're going to respond in your boldness. And Mm -hmm. so I love that. I think that however you respond is going to make her feel confident in how she can respond next. So that's such important modeling right there. But I think practical steps for, you know, I don't know that, of course, it's always nicer when there and there is a stronger relationship with mother and daughter. I think regardless, mothers and daughters can go through different seasons just because of adolescence and different times in their life and Mm -hmm. things are hard. But I think that, you know, I've always tried to, I know you had, and one of the things down was like a prayer point. And one of the things that I continually pray every day for all of my four children, sons and daughters, is to lean out of the world and more into God's truth. And I think one of the most practical and easy ways to do that is to get them off their phones. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget the control we do have as parents because the phones now and social media has just become such a involuntary, almost like Mm -hmm. function of our society that we, we forget to take the control back and be bold in our parenting when we have opportunities. And so one of the biggest things is just getting them off screen time, whatever that looks like. When my kids were younger, screen time just meant video games. And so Mm -hmm. that was, I think, easier. But now phones are like mini, just mini social environment with people Mm -hmm. and strangers that you you don't know. And Mm -hmm. so I'd say the phones are a big one. Take back the control with that, have set some really firm boundaries and stick with it. It's hard. It's always a struggle, but I think in the long run, it's very beneficial. I think it helps with their self-esteem. I think it helps with what they're, what they're seeing and not seeing. I mean, I've always been a very big advocate on putting on the parental settings on everything. I've also just randomly will do, you know, have done phone checks. I mean, kids are pretty savvy. And if, and even if they're not looking for the temptation, their friends sometimes are the friends that don't have those limitations. And so it's easy to get caught up in situations that they, you know, shouldn't be in or, or looking at things that they shouldn't be. And so I've always been a huge proponent of that. I had a Christian thing on when my kids were 
during that adolescent age. And they were first starting to be able to even get a phone to make sure that we had a monitoring system. Um, It's hard, especially if you have more than one child. Also, it can be exhausting for a parent to to go through and make sure. And so to me, I look at that having those parental things put in place as actually a gift for the parent, Mm -hmm. because yes, you can just get a weekly report, but it takes the daily guesswork or work out of constantly checking and seeing, you know, this way you're getting a notification. Okay. Something in the rating that you chose is going off here. So what's going on? And then you're, you know, you can go look at it. So I'm a big proponent. I've always been of that kind of stuff. I think there's has to be a check and balance for it to be healthy. To me, that's the most basic and practical step. But I really think that it also lets the kids, your kids know that whether or not they like it, you're paying attention and you're, you're being an emboldened parent by wanting the best for them. Even, you know, our kids don't always like that, but Mm. it shows that you have interest. Yeah, exactly. Now, I love what you said about the screen time and how it sometimes it really does destroy self-esteem because people, you know, girls sometimes are so they can easily fall into the competitive mode because that's just naturally, I think, how women are built. Um, And the perfectionist mode, you know? Um, and, yes. uh, and so, and on top of that, that's very, so easily for girls to develop fear and anxiety of their self-image. Now, how can we encourage our daughters to be a leader and not to be a follower? That's a great question. I think that, like you said, it really kind of starts with what they're seeing from you as their mom, mom or dad. Mm-hmm. You know, are you in a group setting with your friends? Are you kind of setting your morals, values, or integrity aside for whatever the conversation is at hand? Um, do they see you being convicted in how you're, what you're saying, but also how you're living? You know, I think there's a lot of parallels with that that really affect our kids probably more than we really realize. And so that's going to help them develop that same, you know, I think in general adolescence, I think it's normal, even for the most confident child, boy or girl to kind of back down a little bit, maybe not exercise that muscle as much as they would, you know, had they didn't have peer pressure. But the reality is, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself, Sharon, is that even as adult women, we find ourselves in conversations and situations where you still feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a matter of always going back to, you know, how are we teaching them? How are we modeling that you can be both? You can still be friendly. You can still be a part of people and community, but you, but you can also be bold and, and not back down and be confident in who God created you to be. And I think that that's the big thing. And, you know, one of the things that I saw a while back was from Lisa Bevere. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure you're familiar with her or not, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that I loved that she said that really stood out to me was that nowadays, everybody, when they're talking, they have a truth. I have a truth. You have a truth. But the reality is everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. But there's only one truth. And I think the sooner we can kind of um, 
separate those and have our girls understand that, I think the more confident they'll be because they'll be less apt to fall into those traps where they feel insecure and not confident in speaking their mind and and knowing what's right and what's wrong and not backing down and feel okay. Like your daughter saying, well, we just don't celebrate Halloween and this is why she's looking to you, but you did that for her. So the next time you've already equipped her to be able to say that in a confident manner. Now she may feel, have the butterflies inside and it may feel funny and she may get flack from friends and there might be, and we all know that that's going to happen and that happens as adults. Mm -hmm. But the fact that those small little moments that we think could be almost insignificant can be monumental for them. Yeah. Truly, completely. I mean, we really, in order for us to embolden our daughters or our children, it really just begins with us because we are the first people that they look to when they were born and we will be the people that they will look up into for a very long time. Right. And with that also, it would help to embolden their faith and to be bold in their walk. Now, we are pretty much at the end of the show, but is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? I think the last thing I I would probably encourage um, moms is don't be so scared to talk to your girls about hard things. I think that there's a lot of hard things out there. You had mentioned, you know, social media and all of that. And we know a lot of that is everybody's highlight reel, but there's still adolescents. They're still young. They're still not processing that maybe as matter of fact as we are. And so whatever they're seeing, they, even though they might know, they might still, it might still be affecting them. I think it's just really important to talk to your kids about different issues that are going on currently, because if you don't, someone else is going to. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. It was such a pleasure to have you come on the show today. Thank you for sharing your story and thank you for sharing about how to embolden our daughters in their walk and their faith and just to be gutsy individuals. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. It was a great conversation and I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.